I watched the Beckham documentary last night and it's made me totally nostalgic for the 90s and make me not want to settle down with somebody unless they drive four and a half hours just to see me for 20 minutes. Today's episode of Do 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 Famous with a Baby. So the Beckham documentary is out. It's on Netflix. It's a four-part uh, series. Has anybody else noticed that Netflix documentaries are just too long? Like they're just too long, mate. I feel like they string it out, and I'm so bored. And I don't know if there's a way of speeding it up and watching it at twice the speed because there was a lot in yesterday's documentary that I just kept fast-forwarding because I was like, mate, you're taking too long. This is ridiculous. And there was a particular screen grab of Victoria Beckham that wasn't the most flattering, and they held it on for a bit longer than they needed to. And I don't know why they do that to her. I don't know why they do that to her. So the documentary follows David Beckham. Um, one of England's most beloved uh, sports stars and football players. And to be honest, probably one of the original uh, sports stars, especially from the UK, who changed from uh, just being a great sportsman to being a, cele- you know, a celebrity, a full-on celebrity with brand deals and making loads of money and becoming like a famous, famous as, a, as a person, not just for his uh, talent. And what was amazing to watch about the show yesterday was to remember that actually he was a very skilled football player. Like, <laughs> before everything else, before all the adverts and his watches and his cars and his pants and the mobile phones, he was a really talented football player. And what surprised me a lot about the um, documentary yesterday is just how so much of it was out of his control and how you look at somebody like that that's a powerhouse like David Beckham and you think, oh my gosh, you've got everything you could ever dream of. You've got everything you could ever want. And yet some of the challenges that he faced in life were horrific. Like you wouldn't wish them on anybody. So it starts in the documentary and it talks about him growing up um, in London. And he's such a London boy, such a Cockney boy. He's from Leytonstone. And uh, he's got such a Cockney accent. And uh, he went on to play for Man U. He went on to play for Man United, which was his, his club of dreams. And he played there for many, many years, for over a decade. And Alex Ferguson, who was his manager, was like his father figure. And what we see as the story unfold is th- is the uh, dualship of having a really strong, powerful manager and a really strong, powerful team player and actually the egos, the knocking heads, the different directions that both went into and the validity of both paths. So in the documentary, they discuss how um, Alex wanted David to focus on the football and to be just about the football and just about the game. And David was getting brand deals and he was falling madly in love with Victoria um, Adams, was her surname, um, before she got married. And that he would drive over four hours to go and see her. Mate, does that, did that, does anybody else watch that documentary and just go, mate, why are we settling for anything less than that? Like, that's how it should be. You should have somebody that's so crazy about you that they'll drive for hours just to see you for 20 minutes. Like, it's beautiful. And what was really lovely to see is how how madly in love David was with Victoria and how much he loves the family unit and how much he relied on the family unit and how actually very early in their relationship they came under a lot of scrutiny, or David certainly did, uh, when they were playing for the was it the World Cup. I think it's the World Cup. Forgive me, I don't know my football. Um and uh, they had a, they had a game. So you guys all know about this. If you don't know about this, welcome to my world. Um, I do remember seeing it on telly at the time. So I thought it was that he missed a penalty or missed a goal, and it wasn't. What had happened was uh, he got sent off. He got sent off because another footballer came along, and he kind of pushed him, pushed David to the ground. And David, you, t- you see it, he takes a split second, and then he kicks his leg back. And as he kicks his leg back, he hits the player. He kicks the player that knocked him over. And because of that, he got sent off for a red card. Now, at the time, he was like their most key player, their key goal scorer. So um, David was blamed 
publicly by the manager of the England team at the time. Is it Hoddle? Is that his name? Blamed him on national television. On national television, you throw one of your teammates under the bus like that and tell a whole entire world, oh, yeah, you know, it could have been different. It's very disappointing. He's cost us. He's cost us this game. Now, the annihilation that David Beckham faced after that kick is horrific to watch. Like, the bullying on a global stage is horrific. Uh, people people hung up, like, bodies from the b- from outside a pub, like a mannequin outside a pub, and had it hanging, and had a David Beckham shirt on it, all because of a game. Like, the hooliganism, the bullying, th- it's disgusting. It's so gross to watch, and now to look back on, and to see that the newspapers and the media and the manager all emboldened it, all enabled it, all made it very possible for people to be like that and to treat David like that. And you look back at it now and you go, that was fucking horrific. Like, how the guy survived that, I don't know. And this was a time before we talked about mental health, before you spoke about therapy, before you looked after people. Just the absolute witch hunt and annihilation of that man. And what you hear in the documentary, which is what I didn't realise, was that the night before, Victoria Beckham had called him and told him that she was pregnant with their first baby. And you go, isn't it incredible, just the human nature and a very human mistake and a very human reaction. You've just found out that the love of your life is pregnant with your first child, so you're about to have your first fucking child. You can't run and be with them. You've got to go to work instead. You've got to go to work and do your fucking job. Now, imagine if your job was in an office, right, and it's fine. you just got to get through the nine hours, and then you can go home. You're going to, you know, if the photocopier fucks up, you're going to kick the photocopier because you're like, mate, just get out of the fucking way. I need, to go, I need to get home. Like, I need to get home. Like, I just need to get home. But his job isn't with a photocopying office on a national field and it's got millions of people's hopes and dreams, whatever, reliant on him. And because of that kick, which is a very normal, very human reaction, very, like, you just, it normalised it so much for me, the humanity of him, that actually he's not, you know... Uh, so many football stars or sports stars, they're seen as like these superheroes or these incredible beings, and, and he is all of those things. But he's very much just a human being whose you know, girlfriend had told him that she was expecting their first baby. So A, it was really funny that you go, well, Victoria Beckham was actually to blame for... <laughs> maybe not to blame, but why would, you, why would you tell your partner before like the biggest gig of their career? Why would you tell him something like that? Obviously, it's going to throw them off their fucking game. But B, also seeing how much actually he had to navigate and straddle his personal life and his professional life. There were so many times in the, in the show that we see that his personal life inter- interfered with his professional life. But actually it was a sacrifice that he was willing to make. And you see it. So you see it when you're great at something. You have to be really great at something. You have to give it your full attention. You have to give it everything you've got. And there were so many times that documentary that his managers and people around him were getting frustrated because he was spending too much time at Victoria or doing other brand deals or doing other things. Other things, And by him going in that direction, he created his own culture. He created culture. He shaped culture. Like, he shaped culture. He shaped how we deal with brand sponsorships, how we deal with sports stars, how we see celebrities in the UK. Like, they were like a modern-day Prince Charles and, and Diana. Like, they really were. I mean, now, like, I guess, like a Harry and Meghan. They really... These were two people that just came together and created this whole magnificent celebrity world 
which has shaped our culture. If he hadn't have made those choices and just stayed in football, he wouldn't have the life that he has now. And I also thought it was really interesting when they talk about um, his alleged affairs and they make it, they do it so cleverly. Like he never denies it and he never says he did it either. And fair play to him, it's their documentary, they can talk about what they like. They just talk about what a difficult time it was at the time um, and how difficult and how sad it was. And also you kind of see how important family is to him. Like family is so important and fundamental to both of them. And how many times his life was uprooted because of his job. So you think, oh, here's David Beckham, he's got all this power. And yet he'll go into work one day and they'll say, you're not playing for us anymore, you've got to move to Spain. And the guy has to uproot his whole life and move to Spain. Now listen, I get he's a millionaire, I get he's got loads of money, I get he's got a wonderful life. Like he's, he's also really OCD with his um, folder, which I think is adorable. But despite having all that money, all that wealth, all that fame, all that fortune you're still at the mercy of, of clubs that, to be honest, treat you like absolute shit. There was a whole montage where after the World Cup game, he had to go back on the pitch and Alex Ferguson brought him back into the Manchester United football team and said, you're with us, son, Like you're going to play with us, we're going to protect you, we're going to put a cotton ball around you and we're going to have you with us. And for months, this lad went out to booze, to name-calling. I cannot imagine, I don't think I would have the strength to do that. To keep going back on stage when people are just throwing shit at you, hating on you, sending you death threats, sending you bullets in the post. These are people that are hating you, that you're trying to score goals. Like they're supposed to be on your team. Like it's barbaric. The human behavior is barbaric. And actually the strength that he showed and the tenacity to keep showing up, to keep going to score, to keep going to the field, to keep going to training. You saw it again. You saw him begin that ethos later on when he um, he signed for um, Real, Real Madrid, Real Milan, one of them. Sorry, I forget which one. And he signed for the club. And uh, they knocked him off. They said, you know, you're never going to play for, um, for our team anymore. You're never going to play for our team anymore. And yet he kept showing up to training and he showed up every day until eventually his teammates were like, let him play, let him play with us. It's that kind of tenacity that makes him great. And we see it across all sports stars, don't, see, don't we? When we look at sports stars' story, what we see amongst all of them is the tenacity to just keep going and never give up. And that came across so beautifully in that documentary. It was so wonderful to see, to see somebody with flaws and all, to see somebody navigate a career that on a world stage we've looked at from afar and be like oh my gosh you've got everything but then to be in it you are harassed you are attacked you are demonized you have people giving you death threats people threatening to kidnap your like your firstborn like it must have been harrowing it must have been so harrowing at so many times and actually to see them now there was a scene at the very end of the documentary where you see them just dancing in the kitchen and cooking dinner with their kids and it's so beautiful. And you go, what a wonderful life you have led. What a wonderful life you have led. To fall in love with the love of your life, to be able to travel the world and to do the thing that you love. And the cost of that is the sheer tenacity to keep fucking going, even when people are literally throwing bricks at you, to keep fucking moving forward. I thought it was a beautiful documentary, and I um, I was really, I was really uh, happy to see it. And I'm glad, um, I don't know. I'm glad they're still together. I'm glad they've made it work. And we don't know what's going on in their private life. You don't know what's going on. You don't know who cheats on who. You don't know what happens. You don't know what's clear and what's evident is that they love each other very much and they have a lot of care for each other. And actually, I think without the other one, they wouldn't be as uh, much of a powerhouse as they are, individually and together. I think without the other one, 
I think you'd see how much actually their support um, enables them both to be excellent in their own uh, separate roles. So Victoria Beckham had her own fashion show recently in Paris, didn't she? And it went down a storm. And I love that she's carved a career for herself and made herself so independent and, you know, a, a, a game changer in her own right. These are culture shapers, aren't they? They're both culture shapers and they've met and they're together. And it's kind of really beautiful. I'm here for it. It's a lovely love story. So check out the documentary. I'd highly recommend it. Just make it doesn't need to be four hours long. Like there's no need for it to be four hours long. Like it wasn't even that. It was like five hours long. Like 45 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like four, four 45 minutes episodes. That would have been plenty. Anyway, that's all I've got to say about that. Thanks for watching. See you uh, next time for the next episode of Do 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 Famous with a Baby.